suppose a better talk. All right, Steve, how are you doing? Good morning. Good morning. Don't know what's good about it, but good, good morning. morning. It's People lovely. People say that, don't they, a lot. Good morning, Jill Good <laughs> to see you. Steve Vine's back. Do get in touch with Steve if you want to. Morningbrew at rthk.hk. Well, where do we start? Oh, well, there's stuff going taxes on, you know. And taxes and devaluations. Shall we, shall we start with taxes? Go on, then. Uber is one word that uh, comes to mind here. Yeah, confused is another, actually. And confused is another. I mean, I mean... They've they've done the crackdown. Well, well done, boys in blue. Um, I'm sure you boys in red and green more like. <laughs> well, the boys in red and green are telling the boys in blue what to do. I think. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, well done, excellent, excellent. That's um, solved Hong Kong's transport problems at a stroke, or has it? I mean, it seems to me that the whole system it ain't fixed, and the reason why Uber does well is precisely because the system ain't fixed hmm. because of this hideous monopoly over um, licensing. Is that really what it comes down to? Well, I think it means that that, that the the drivers have to work extremely hard to make a living. And guess what? Some of them are grumpy after doing 12-hour shifts, and that's not good. Yeah, well, they don't have to take it out on us. Well, (laughs) well, but, you know, I'm just saying, why not have a system which opens up the licensing so that it's not just a few cartel... Uh, owners who own all the taxes and make all the drivers pay high rental. Why not have a system that actually says, well, I'll tell you what, there clearly is a demand for a better service. Hmm. Let's see how we can adjust the licensing system. Because if all they're going to do is say that you can have competition to taxes, but they don't have to go through the strenuous regulations that taxes do, you know, vis-a-vis insurance, vis-a-vis uh, type of vehicle, etc., etc. Mm. Then, I mean, that is unfair competition. I understand that, but surely the starting point is: what are the transportation needs of Hong Kong? Don't people need, and obviously they want it, otherwise they wouldn't be using Uber, uh, a, a good service that you can phone up through, or, or you know, or just contact through through an app, and and get them to your door. Have a decent vehicle there. People are actually prepared to pay a bit more, which they do for Uber. It's not a cheaper option. And uh, if if that demand exists, find a way to accommodate it. Yeah. Don't find a way of shutting it down and treating them as criminals. Uh, of course, what a lot of people are commenting on is the sheer irony of Invest Hong Kong um, having gone out of its way to lure them to come to Hong Kong. And when they got into trouble, they're going, Uber, Uber, and they never heard of them. Don't, don't know any of those. Don't know nothing about those people. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, as usual, one arm of government doesn't uh, doesn't talk to the other and et cetera, et cetera. So I, I, I would think maybe what they need, need to be doing is going back to the drawing board and saying, you know, what are the requirements here? How can we fill them? Not, can we just arrest a few people? See, this is the bit I don't understand. It's a well-known company. Surely they've got all their insurance and stuff. You would think so. I mean, you, you would. would think so, yeah. So is the idea just to only, arrest them and let not them... Only, not only... I mean, as I understand the way Uber works, and I, I, I ain't no expert on it, but um, I had, had a bit of a read, is not, not only is, is they... Sorry, not only do they have regulations about insurance, but they have regulations about the type of vehicle. You'd think. Well, apparently they do. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, it's maybe bizarrely in Hong Kong they don't, but somehow that doesn't sound right to me, because they've got an international brand to protect. So is the main thing here pictures of the fuzz going round to their office? 
I think that's exactly what you were saying earlier. That's to do with taxi drivers saying, oi, 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 come on, come on. So, see, I'm wondering really, really what changed. Let's try and be objective today and not just make fun of them <clears throat> for a minute. OK. Something around 2013, what the, the, the really the woes that people have now with taxi transport is kind of about two years old. It's like a wall came down. You know, yeah, you, this I, whole I, thing about not travelling to the other side and the signs up and blah 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 It's just a year and a half, and I wonder I mean, what... Really I, I, would, I do have to say that my personal experience with taxes, which is almost entirely with new territory taxes, is actually pretty good. I know, everybody's I, got good stories. I, I know, um, and everybody's got bad stories too. So it seems to me that there is a bit of a problem there. <laughs> you know what, the other day I got in one from here and I'm like, can you take me to the crossover thing near the tunnel? And he's like, do you want to go to Hong Kong side? Yes. He turns around, puts his thumb up. I will take you. (laughs) (laughs) Good man. Well, absolutely good man. But I really wonder what changed. The grumpy wall came down. I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. But I do know that it is... And, you know, I've got to say something for the taxi boys. It is very hard to make a living driving a taxi in Hong Kong because of the high rent they have to pay for the vehicle. Yeah. And practically nobody you ever see in a taxi owns their own vehicle. People should remember that yeah, when yeah. they're, um, you know, hopping in and out. So maybe there's a lot of stuff going on we don't know about. Yeah. But another angle here is, is this how Hong Kong handles a monopoly? It spits the dummy and stomps its foot. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Maybe the answer is to break up the monopoly. You, you, I know that's that's probably against the basic law, the idea that a, a vested interest should be challenged in Hong Kong. In fact, I'm sure that's against the basic law. How many others have we law. got? Uh, you've got the rice monopoly. Pardon? You've got the petrol monopoly. Supermarket. You've got the supermarket monopoly. You've got the taxi monopoly. People say Hong Kong's expensive. I wonder you've got the why airline monopoly. The airline <laughs> monopoly. I wonder why that is. You know, I, I was talking to some... Actually, just recently, some friends in Thailand um, about fares to London from Bangkok as opposed to here. And and actually, Thailand isn't the world's freest economy either. But they were just saying that it is so much cheaper to fly from there because, precisely because, so many more people operate out of there and they don't, even though... The dominant carrier, which is Thai Airways, is, yeah. is a government airline. So, you know, I mean, in that sense, you would expect them to have a monopoly. But do, do you know how many airlines there are in Thailand? There's over 40. I didn't... I, I literally only just discovered well, the this the other day. domestic ones and stuff. Yeah, little ones and blah, blah, blah ones. But um, it does mean that, that despite the fact that, uh, you know, maybe some of them aren't the greatest, and I'm very sure that is so... There is a thriving old airline market there and it does have an impact on customers and it does have an impact on fares and that actually is the sort of thing that interests the average consumer. Yeah, Let's bring it back here for a second, maybe with your economist hat on. You can tell me what is it about monopolies that gets people off in Hong Kong? Is it because it's a small a small place it's, we're living in a bubble and they go, it's mine! That was obviously the that was obviously the rationale, you know why, why do you just have Uh, effectively two companies doing this and that because Hong Kong is too small. But, of course, once you've created that monopoly, the whole imperative of the people who run it is, well, I don't want competition because if I have competition, I'm going to lose money. I'm not going to make the profits I was making. I kind of understand that. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I understand why people are being protectionists, guarding their own backsides. But the question is, does that serve the public interest? I'd have thought is... 
obvious as the nose on your face. I'll tell you, passing by the window, Peter Lewis, this is right up your street. Mm. We're talking about monopolies and blah-de-blah. Yes. Um, And I just said, you know, how come Hong Kong's rife with monopolies? What would be, in this town, guys, a really logical uh, alternative? I.e., people are saying, well, if the taxis don't like it, they should up their game. Well, it's one of the strange things about Hong Kong because it's it's very much a you know a, a capitalist system, but yet it's also very much designed to protect big businesses. It's very hard for you know new businesses to come in and start up, um, and even sometimes big businesses. I mean, I remember the for when Tesco's wanted to open up here a few yeah. few years ago. You know, the, it's all about trying to protect the status quo, protect the monopolies, and that's not really good for business because you want to have you know startups, you want to have technology technology technology-abled companies, you know, that want to compete with the taxi firms, for example. it's terrible for consumers because, of course, the the end product... Who suffers, yeah. ...is higher prices and poorer service. Yes. I mean, you look at the two supermarket chains in Hong Kong. Yeah. I mean, they're a joke. They're they're not even vaguely international standard. Yeah. But they charge over international standard prices. Why is that? Because they ain't got no competition. It's simple as the nose on your face. And it's just a few large groups of families that control a huge amount of the business in, uh, it, in it, Hong Kong. Across Asia, a lot of that. A lot of dynastic stuff across Asia, right? Yeah, I think Philippines, it's particularly bad in Hong Kong, actually. Because it's I think, concentrated. Yes, and I think also, you know, as you, as you say, it really does affect the end pricing for the consumers. The consumer pays for that in higher prices in the supermarket, higher fuel prices, higher transportation prices. Well, we're, we're a world first here in Hong Kong. Petrol prices. World first. We're right at the top of the league. Doesn't that make you feel proud? <clears throat> first for what? Highest prices at the pumps. And they're all the same in every single... There is not a scintilla of difference. You can drive mm. up to any any gas station you like and you'll pay exactly the same. Well, what's the benefit of that? I thought they'd want to outdo each other. What's well, the benefit of price fixing? Because they don't have to. If you don't have to compete, the, 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 the outdoing comes when you know there's someone else who can come in and do a better job than you at a lower price and offer a better service from the consumer. But if that's forbidden or made hard to do, then you have no incentive to lower your prices and to, and to or compete. Provide or provide a better I'll service. I'll tell you service. how we got to this, Pete. We were just talking about the Uber guys getting arrested by plainclothes cops, etc. And we're seeing pictures of the police going around to the office and picking them up. That's really what it's about. And I just said, is this how Hong Kong handles this kind of thing? By stomping its feet and, and basically saying, it's mine. And the pictures we've seen. And the, and the regulations that you know, they cite, I mean, the, you know, the regulations are a double-edged sword. I mean, you can always, if you want to, use the regulations to almost stop any type of innovation and any type of business sort of starting. But you do want people to come up with new ideas, particularly in the technology sector. You want companies to be able to find new ways of doing business, whether it be offering it's a taxi service. It's interesting you mention or, that, because one of, that, that, that wonderful use of regulations was um, cited by Jetstar. You know, they applied for um, a licence to operate a base in Hong Kong. And, and Jetstar, for people who don't know, is, a, is, a, is Qantas's um, cheapo yeah, airline. Um, airline. Yeah. The kind airline. of thing you'd travel on. Uh, uh, exclusively. <laughs> I asked whether they had first class. Apparently they don't. But the guy who, who, who runs Qantas says, if, if the regulations that they were asking Jetstar to comply with had been applied to Cathay, they'd have to close down their business in Hong Kong. Mm, yeah, yeah. So, you know, this use of so-called administrative means to achieve a limited competition end 
is going to give Hong Kong a terrible reputation around the world. And yet again, you have to ask, why is it that the only thing the bureaucrats really do efficiently is to protect the cartels and the monopolies? I don't see them doing anything else efficiently. Just mm. want to wrap up this one on the taxis. So, so it's not all about taxi drivers being grumpy and this, that and the other. Basically, it's once it seems, from what you're saying, Steve, it's this problem that is growing exponentially in Hong Kong, loosely put, greedy landlords. Greedy landlords, the people who run the taxis are Fair. essentially rentiers. They, they, you know, none of them actually climbs aboard a taxi and uh, drives it. No kidding. But anyway, I, I'll tell you why we l- people have their own drivers, don't they? We do. We all do. He does. <laughs> um, I'll tell you why I lured you down here. So two days ago, this devaluation thing in China. No, it's just a one-off. No, absolutely. No. And then they did it the next day. And we'll see it again. We'll see more because the PBOC is not going to be able to dictate what happens to the currency. The market is going to decide whether it likes it or not. Well, up to a point. I mean, look what happened in the stock market. The, the market decided, and they didn't like what the market has yeah. decided. So they, I mean, they're getting themselves into such a mess. They didn't like what the market decided. So they say, you, you and you, you're going to buy X squillion shares yeah. to put the prices back up again, yep. create the illiqui- illiquidity in the market, etc., etc. I, I think the same thing is going to happen with the currency. Oh, it is. It's happening already. I mean, look what happened yesterday. You know, the market was forcing the yuan down, and then in the last 15 minutes, the PBOC steps in to start buying it back again. Yes. So does it want it to devalue or not? It doesn't seem to know they itself. To, they, they seem to want economic control by semi-pregnancy, you know. Hmm. They, they, they seem to think, oh, I mean, this devaluation of the yuan was done, apparently, and I read it in the newspapers, so it must be true, in the interests of market forces being more free to determine the real value of the renminbi, except for if it doesn't declare the value of the renminbi that the government likes. And except when the market forces move the stock market or the currency in a way in which doesn't meet government policy objectives, then suddenly they want to step in and intervene. See, this is all well and good, and you guys know all about this, and it's quite almost fascinating listening to you talk about it but people are going to say well, there's, almost? <laughs> there's been allegations of basically China lying about its market for ages allegations but what people want to know is is this serious is this the beginning yes. of the end for the party it is very serious and I'll tell you why it's serious because the RMB <coughs> has been regarded for a long time as a stable currency and one of the the big trades that people have done around the world is they borrow money in low interest currencies like US dollars, Japanese yen, euros, where interest rates are close to zero. They then go and convert that to RMB because they get a higher interest rate. However, the trade only works on the basis that that RMB is fairly stable. If it suddenly plunges, you make, you lose far more than you made on that interest rate differential. And there's now lots of people running huge losses on these positions, lots of derivatives linked to them, and no one knows how they're going to unfold. You see, and you, you put that together with what's happened in the stock markets and, you, you know, back to your original question, is this serious? You put it together with that and the absolutely headless chicken way that the government has sought to deal with this. I mean, instead of saying, which they always had the option of saying in the stock markets, oh, it's overvalued, it's going to come down, the, the markets will come down in price as they do, and uh, well, so what? You know, so what? They don't do so what in China. They just don't do so what. They want to be in control of everything. And you can't have 
a semi-free market economy. That mm-hmm. just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You can't have semi-market forces. You can't have the light hand of government, which actually is a steamroller. I mean, all these things are totally contradictory. And they are serial meddlers in the markets. They just can't help themselves, whether it's like the central Like we bank. will be soon. Well, well, what's <laughs> depressing about Hong Kong is all these so-called responsible people, I saw the head of the stock exchange yesterday, etc., etc., have become cheerleaders for this mm. incompetence. Instead of saying, tell you what, come to Hong Kong where we've got a... We actually do have a free market where you can buy shares without the fear of... of, of um, the counters being withdrawn from the market altogether if we don't like the price. Yeah. Instead of saying that, which is Hong Kong's main competitive advantage, it's always been Hong Kong's main competitive advantage, that it's not the China market. They've become cheerleaders and they're going, mm. you know, very sage, these moves in China, very, very important. I tell you what, let's have closer integration with this mess. And I have to say, I don't think it's very clever for the chairman of the Hong Kong Stock Exchange to become a cheerleader in that way. The exchange is supposed to be neutral in that process. It's supposed it's to provide the market where yeah. people buy and sell and come together, not start to decide whether it thinks markets are overvalued or undervalued and cheer them on the way up. All right. Well, listen, thanks very much for joining us there, Pete. Just to wrap it up, you said it's going to happen again. That's a yes. That's yes. a yes. All yes. right, then. Well, more on his programme tomorrow at 830 Biz extra. We can get back to being rude about people after the news. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> While longer, still in with Steve Vines. You love talking money and being all posh on the radio. Yeah, I'm, I'm dead posh, me. You, you, you won't get posher than no, what I am. Dead posh. Turf, <laughs> turf blew us out. Now, what, what have you got? Well, talking. This is slightly money-ish, but but let's not uh, let's not get overexcited. Okay. Uh, um, the, my my best friends and drinking pals over in Ledgeco in. Uh, have commissioned a study. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, which is always a always a bad thing. You 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 know, um, and they've commissioned a study, and they 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 have compared the Hong Kong Postal Service with the Singapore one. They found the Singapore one is better. Why is it better? Because it makes more money, and it it's got more sort of bells and whistles. It seems to me they're not asking the right question. The question is, is the Hong Kong Postal Service doing what it says on the tin, delivering letters and parcels efficiently. And pizza menus. And, and pizza menus, which who could do without that? Exactly. But, but the, 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 the answer is, yes, they are. Mm. They provide a first-class service. This is another case of, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Or if you're somebody who runs studies and has, you know, comparisons and you look at various uh, indicators, none of which are to do with what it basically is supposed to do. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm comparing the Hong Kong Postal Service with the only other postal service that I I, I know well, which is the Royal Mail in Britain. And there was another group of monkeys who got their hands on the Royal Mail, had it privatised, made sure it was doing many other things. And guess what? The thing that it didn't do very well after all that happened was... Deliver letters and parcels. (laughs) So, I mean, you may say, well, you know, delivering letters and parcels is so yesterday, it's old technology and blah, blah, blah. It's still got to be done. Up to a point, it's still got to be done. And remember that a lot of people now are buying goods online. So particularly the parcel delivery That's brilliant. They've they've actually rejuvenated Amazon, that lot. Yes. They've rejuvenated the the old-fashioned mail. Yes. That's quite interesting. So, I mean, it it, it may well be that... over in Ledgeco at the Secretariat, and I'm sure they're the wisest people since Moses, 
But um, it may well be that, that, that they themselves don't actually ever get any letters because they're sad. Nobody wants to write to them. Hmm. But, you know, there are still people here in Hong Kong, I'm one of them, yeah. who's, who's perfectly happy with the service, does not want this bunch of monkeys interfering with it and making it some fabulously high-tech thing that, that a postal hub. It's got to be. I think we've got to have a postal hub. You're quite right. Yeah. And wouldn't it be good if they leverage the opportunity to also be a handbag seller, for example? I think they could. That's thinking out of the box, isn't it? Yes. Hong Kong Post sells handbags. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, I think that's what it's Particularly like. if you've got no brain. Yeah. <laughs> Rename it Centre for Pedag- <laughs> Peripatetic Excellence. Peripatetic Excellence. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this, no kidding. There was talk about a children's hospital, and instead of calling it Hong Kong Children's Hospital, Centre for da-da-da-da, this excellence, bloody blah In paediatrics. It's for sick yes. kids. Yeah, yeah. Get child, them better. Uh, child ill, go to hospital. What's so complicated about Adams that? Where's Patch Adams when you need him? I know. Ah, oh, dear. Anyway, anyway. Um, so what else we've got? This we've got trees, which got which is another trees. We're against those. They're, they're, they should be banned. They get big and then they fall over and they're all over the place. Particularly in city centres, they've got to go. The other the other story I like this week because it, it plays to my prejudices, and not that I have any, <laughs> but if I had any prejudices, it would play to them. Is the story about that one of these. Um, what do you call them? Um, gyms, I believe they're called. It's the James, where I come from. It's the posh part. <laughs> well, the upper classes, of course. Oh, yeah. Have sort of... Other people who can do exercise for them, they don't need to do it themselves. <laughs> but send the domestic. Send the domestic. You go and do an hour on the treadmill. That will be all. No, it's, it, it, it's, it's a chain that shall remain nameless called Physical Fitness. Oh, yeah. Which apparently cons some hapless punter into having a 10-year membership. And when she That's re- the oldest scam in the book, though. But But... I don't want to say anything, but there is a tendency for that to go on in these places. You're right. And, you know, um, I, I always remember a bloke who I, I knew years ago went out of business who ran a, a health food shop. In London or here? In London, yeah. Right. And one of the reasons he went into business is people came in and said, you know, what do you recommend for this? What do you recommend for this? And he said, you know, basically, if you want to lose weight, eat less. <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't a way of making money. Yeah, and, I'm not know, supposed to tell you this. I'm not supposed <laughs> to tell you that. And I kind of feel it with all these gyms. Um, you can take many forms of exercise without going to a gym, frankly. Well, I mean, you know, if you like going there, good luck. I mean, and all that. Um, I, I've never seen the point of it. And, you know... No, I don't. I, I, <laughs> people say it shows. But, but, but you know... You know, I go walk in the hills, I do all sorts of stuff. I don't need to go in a gym to do all that. It's, a, per- it's a life choice. It's a life It's a life choice. But that's yes. so well known. I mean, some of the, over the years, some of the really well known ones, you know, you you have to crawl over broken glass to, to, to cancel your subscription. Yeah, oh, 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 yes. And, and funny enough, when they close down and your lifetime membership Bye-bye. that you've paid <laughs> so many squillions of dollars for is no longer valid. Yeah. I, I don't believe they give you a refund. I want to talk about scams, because there's been a couple of stories in the news this week. Telephone scamage, and there was a, there was a, a, a lady here in her 70s who, you know, I don't know if we needed to know, but she's a singer. Um, well, singers, there you go, says it all. Yeah. Um, got ripped off for this, that and the other. Why do people... How can you get ripped off on the telephone? How? Well, but you know what's at the core of a lot of these scams, which is very interesting, and it, it, it's a sign of the times. These are people phoning up hapless punters yeah, but- and saying, we represent the central government, 
and you know this is this is a matter which will really affect you because we we're very powerful people but don't I think maybe, I, you, you know, may say, why don't people exercise their common sense? And not even answer the number that probably begins with a three anyway. Or, well, there's all of those factors. I don't understand. Is it got, people's avarice for money here that makes well, no, them do this? Well, no, but I think it's also... No, well, there's avarice for money. Uh, those are one set of scams. These scams are slightly different. These are, we're very powerful people and we can screw you scams. Yeah. Now, that's a slightly different fish of cattle because um, greed as we know, is all very good and, you know, I'm all in favour of it and some of my best friends, I want more of it, actually. More of it, yeah, <laughs> particularly, yeah. Um, but, but that's one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is, 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 is it's like hostage-taking, you know. We, we, we will do serious things to you and your family if you don't give us the money. I mean, that's basically what a lot like of these are. like those dodgy debt collectors, are. isn't it? And they're, all, and they're all now, apparently, claiming to be central government organs. So people now believe... And this tells you something about what's going on, that the central government have all these agents in Hong Kong doing this, that and the other. And, um, you know, because mainly because we have a chief executive who keeps saying, shut up and behave, you know, shut up. It's none of your business. The central government has told you what to do. That that mentality is now coming through. And the scammers are thinking, I tell you what, we can make some money out of this. There's the MPF one as well. But I just can't get my head around what is it, what kind of person would actually fall for this. And loads of people are here. I don't know why. I, You know, there's one born every day, as they say. But um, I don't know. It's We've had loads of them. And, and, and obviously, you know... Um, People are complaining it needs to be dealt with, and this will stop giving them money. Stop yes. answering the phone yeah. calls. Yeah, I mean that's very simplistic, yeah. but I think it's true. I don't know how many of these calls you get a day, but I get at least two a day of something. I never pick them up. I mean, you can just tell. Yeah. Well, I, I yeah. Sometimes you can tell. So, well, I, I also get them on the landline. You probably don't have a landline. No, I get them on the landline where where um, it's harder to see who the caller is. But on the on the uh, mobile phone, you're quite right. It's usually three numbers, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, st- numbers starting with three. But people are being duped. Sensible Hong Kong people are being duped. And I'm wondering if it's somewhere in there, there's that glimmer of, I could make a buck here. Because I've never known so many people get scammed and plainly ridiculous scams. Yeah, yeah. Although, I mean, I do get e- emails from people in Nigeria <laughs> about the fortune that I've... Um, I- I've been unaware of and i always find those very persuasive some of them run into seven figures you know yeah well they're the real and and all you need to do is give them your bank account details and they'll send you the money Uh, i don't know what's the problem with that you think there's some problem with that i don't know you know there's an irony here because the tv and the radio are awash with these apis and we always take the mickey out of them but they're always saying these things about privacy and 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 data protection and bloody bloody blah this is second nature to hong kong people until there's a chance of a dollar yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, there's stuff going on out there on the internet. I mean, the most alarming thing for me in all of this, and I don't know whether you have it, is getting emails allegedly from myself. Well, I haven't had that. Oh, I do. I do. I don't know. And, What's and, it meant to do, though? <laughs> well, at the end of the day, they're all scams of some some unless, unless they've got Trojans that can dig into your computer. Oh, I think that's exactly what, why this happens. Um and you get things from I get things from my email address sent to me because obviously they they've they've snitched my address book, and which is um, worrying. Which is very worrying. It is worrying. 
Um, most of them are so absurd that I hope that anybody who's in my address book would, would delete them immediately. But, you know, it, it, yeah, it is a worry. I mean, the idea that there's eyes on your um, computer in this way mm. is already alarming, but I honestly don't know how you can stop that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I had anything interesting enough for people to look at inside my computer that would, would, would you know, would, would cause titillation and excitement. But unfortunately, I don't think that's the case. Here we are. I've just picked up one randomly on our news app. It says, Hong Kong Monetary Authority has warned that the public that telephone scammers are posing as its staff. This is another one. Yeah. It's staff in order to obtain personal information. It said it's received inquiries from the public. Uh, who are you asked- see there, that's not greed. That is abuse. Well, it isn't abuse of power because obviously they're not doing it. But that is... You know, that that is basically fraud. Saying, oh, 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 I know, I, I, know, I, I know. am Hong Kong Monetary Authority, I need your bank account details and your inside leg measurement. And uh, isn't, actually, it's the law, you've got to give it to Isn't me. it common knowledge that none of this stuff can be done over a telephone? It's just a fact. I know, I know. Until I get done, until you know what I mean? I mean done, I, until I get done. I'm, I'm, I'm forever giving over my... Well, I mean, I don't know, I, I think I'm like most people in Hong Kong. Hmm. I, I do buy stuff over the internet. Hmm. I do order air tickets over the internet, etc. So I am giving out a lot of information to third parties. I trust that they're secure, but I don't actually know that. Hmm. But, you know, now this is how commerce is done. I don't think... There's many things, there's many forms of uh, commercial activity which me, like most people, are engaged in which, frankly, are very difficult to do unless you do them over the internet anymore. It's true. It's quite ironic, actually, because Webster's have apparently removed the word gullible from their dictionary. <laughs> gotcha. Do, do you want to... <laughs> go just, just, just before we go, and this is a horrible thought, so I didn't want to bring it up before, go on, go on, go on. but have you been following the, the um, extraordinary saga of Regina It posting on her Facebook page... Her ID card. Well, not only the ID card, but you know why her ID card is in there? Because she shows her full medical report, including pictures... Uh, I'm sorry. If Don't. There, if there are listeners of a, of a nervous disposition, turn off your radio now, but including pictures of her colon scan. Mmm, yummy. I mean, I, you, you, I know, wanted to know what Regina's colon scan looked like, and you now have an opportunity to do so.